0: Welcome to Random Bible Thoughts with Russ. As I continue here, tonight's study is my continuation in John 5, verse 33 through 38. And so we're just going to go ahead and read the scripture and just jump right on into it. Verse 33, you sent to John and he has borne witness to the truth. Not the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John, for the works that the Father has given me to do accomplish, excuse me, the very works that I am doing. Bear witness about me that the Father has sent me, and the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. All right. Prior to this section of Scripture, in verse 31, Jesus said, If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. This is according to the law that states there needs to be two or three witnesses to be true. Jesus wasn't saying he was lying. He was stating, according to your law, my testimony is not admissible in court. Or, I'm a liar in your estimation. But there is another who testifies about me. Who is true? So is it John or someone else Jesus is talking about being a testimony about him? So let's start with verse 33. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. There was a delegation of priests and Levites from Jerusalem to inquire who John was. That's in John 1.19. They were sent by the Pharisees, that's in verse 24 of the same chapter. John stated he was not the Christ, that's in verse 20 of the same chapter. Nor Elijah or the prophets, verse 21. John said he prepares the way for the Lord, in verse 23. Then the next day, in the same chapter, chapter 1, John John saw Jesus coming and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That's in verse 29. John also said, I saw the Spirit descend from heaven like a dove, and it remained on him. That's in Luke 3, 22. And here's, a, here's an interesting thing. We also have the Father saying, This is my Son, and I should have put that verse down. This is my Son, who I am well pleased. So at Jesus' baptism, we had the Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, the Trinity, all present at the same time. Jesus knew that his critics would not accept the Father's witness to his identity, even though Jesus claimed that his words accurately represented. The Father's will. His words accurately represented the Father's will. He could not prove this claim to their satisfactory. Therefore, he cited another human witness who testified about Jesus' identity, namely John the Baptist. John's testimony of Jesus is indeed true, but is this the testimony Jesus was talking about? in verse 34. Let's see if I can enlarge this a little bit. No, oh, that's it. Okay. In verse 34. Not that the testimony that I received is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He John prepared the way for the Lord to make his appearance. John 1:23, he said, "I am the voice of the one crying in the wilderness." Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah had said. In Isaiah 40, 30, this is what was said. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for God. And the there's a footnote on Lord. It's capital O, capital R, capital D. So that's Jehovah, or as a complete Jewish Bible puts it, Adonai. This is God. In the wilderness, I prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the desert the highway for our God. Well, who is in the wilderness? Who's the one that he's prepared the way for, for Jesus? So what's that make Jesus? God. <laughs> From Dr. Constable. Jesus did not need and did not accept human testimony in order to establish his identity In his own mind, the only witness he needed was the Father's witness. He simply mentioned John's Baptist witness in order to establish his identity in his hearers' minds, so that they might believe on him and obtain salvation. Verse 35. He, John, was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. John, as the shining lamp, he attracted people to him. They flocked, they flocked to hear him. Herod Antipas, Herod Antipas, was glad to hear him in Mark 6.20. For Herod feared John, knowing that he was a righteous and holy man, and he kept him safe. When he heard him, he was greatly perplexed, and yet he heard him gladly. Herod Anticipus, although he knew he was a holy man, he he um, He was perplexed by what John had to say, but he was glad to hear him speak. It's unfortunate these circumstances that happened after that, where um, there was a birthday party for his daughter, or might actually be a stepdaughter in this case, um, and he said she was dancing, whatever, and he said, what do you want? What would you like to have? And she you know, you can have anything. So she talked to her mother. Mother said, John the Baptist head on a platter. And he followed through with his promise to give her whatever she wanted. So that's how John died. And you can read that in scripture. I didn't write it down where exactly it is, but it's in there. From Clark. They were exceedingly rejoiced to hear that the Messiah was come because they expected him to deliver them out of the hands of the Romans. But, when the spiritual deliverance of infinite, in this, <laughs> but when a spiritual deliverance of infinitely greater amount was preached to them, they rejected both it and the light which made it manifest. So in other words, They didn't want to have a spiritual um, um, win, that's not the word I want, but they expected the Messiah to pull them, take, free them from the Roman Empire, and that's not what happened. He was freeing them from their sins, that's more of a better expression, but they rejected that. It is believed by this time that Jesus spoke these words. John had already been put to death by Herod. Oh, here it is. This is in Matthew 14, 1-12. In verse 12, And his disciples came and took the body and buried it, and they went and told Jesus. So in Matthew 14, 1-12, you can read the events that led to John's death. Verse 36. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John. For the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing, bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. Although John's testimony of Jesus is true, John's testimony isn't the one Jesus is speaking of. Jesus is speaking of the things, the works he has done as evidence that he was sent by the Father to accomplish the things that the Father sent him to do. It started with healing of a man that was paralyzed for 38 years at, at the pool of Bathsheba. Jesus healed him on a Sabbath day, which the uh, Pharisees did not like that. John 5, 5-10. through 10. Oh, here we go. This is it. One man was there who had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been there a long time, he said to him, Do you want to be healed? Or maybe he put his hand on his shoulder and said, Do you want to be healed? I don't know, I wasn't there. The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no one to put me in the pool of water when it's stirred up. And while I am going, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, Get up, take your bed, and walk. And at once the man was healed, and he took his bed and walked. Now that day was a Sabbath. So the Jews said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath, and it is uh, not lawful for you to carry your bed on the Sabbath. 5.16. Um 516. This was why Jesus was Jews were persecuting Jesus because he was doing things on the Sabbath. And if you go back, you can go back to my um study on this particular section of scripture, and you will see that Jesus says, My father doesn't rest, neither do I. My father, my father's continually working, so do I. And that's they, the Jews took that as being he was saying that God, the Heavenly Father, is his Father, and therefore he is God also, or in conjunction with. Uh, I don't like the also. Jesus answered the Jews, verse 8, My father is working in town now, and I am working. As Jesus stated in John five nineteen, Truly, truly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of his own accord, but only that he sees the father doing. For whatever the father does, the son does likewise. And again in verse 30, I can do nothing of my own. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just because I speak not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. And you can read more on this on this in my study on John 5:19 that I did about how this is that he can do nothing of his own. I go deep into that study on that particular verse from Doctor Constable. Everything that Jesus did was simply an extension of the Father's work in verses 13, 19, and 33. Once we understand that Jesus the father relationship we can see that everything that Jesus said and did was precisely what the father said and did even the phar- a Pharisee named Nicodemus admitted that Jesus must be from God In John 3 1 through 2 now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews, this man came to Jesus by night and said to him, "Rabbi," which means teacher. We know that you are a teacher, come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with them. So they believed. He, he believed that Jesus was from God. In verse 37, 38, and the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard. His form you have never seen. And you do not have his words abiding in you. For you do not believe that the one whom he has sent. You do not believe in the one whom he has sent. And I've read three different commentaries. Dr. Constable, Hendrickson, and Guzik. They're all saying the same basic thing. And I agree with them. I'm using Gusick in this case just because it's less wordy and sh- pretty much straight to the point. Um, that's one thing about Dr. Constable and Hendrickson. Uh, they can get a bit wordy. Gusick is just kind of right there. Get, just get into it. The Father himself, this is from David Gusick. The Father himself who sent me has testified of me in virtually every word and word of Jesus God the Father testified to Jesus' status as the Son of God. But specifically, the Father testified of the Son in the Old Testament prophecy and at the baptism of Jesus. In Luke 3.22, the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, beloved Son. Whom I am well pleased. That's God speaking. God the Father speaking. The dove is the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit, and the Son is God the Son. That's the Trinity all together. And here's a little side note. This is oh, (laughs) this is an example of Trinity. God the Father, God speaking. God the Son, who had been baptized, and God the Holy Spirit in the form of dove descending upon Jesus. But you don't have his word abiding in you. They will not receive the testimony of the Father because they do not have his word abiding in them. They can't hear God the Father audibly or see him, but they have his word. They are guilty because they do not abide in his word that God had given them. Oh, hey. Well, I guess that's it. I normally put God bless at the end when I'm done with the study. I might have to backtrack on this a little bit and come back to it and see if I've left something out. Because I didn't put God bless. That's normally what I put when I end a study. So I know that's the end. Well, here, let me take a quick look in my Bible here. This is the ESV. ESV No, but that's where I stopped, right? So anyways, this is just showing that uh, Jesus, when he was talking about uh, another witness, he was talking about God the Father. Everything that Jesus done was a witness of God the Father, that He is from God, that He is who He says He is. So, I know that's kind of short, which is nice, 17 minutes, too. So, okay, that's right, 17 minutes. Um, if you like my video, please give me a like, give me a share, give me a comment. And I do have a study coming up that I finished Sunday morning. I'll probably do that in the next week or so. Do I'll make the video. And it's called, In the Days of Noah. In the da- I kind of take that scripture and, and tear it apart a little bit. Um, go through it verse by verse like I normally do. Uh, but this is a verse that often is used for the rapture. But in the days of Noah, who was saved? Who was wiped off the earth? And so that's a key, I believe, to understanding that scriptures in the days of Noah. Anyways, that's all I have for you tonight. As soon as I find my cursor, I'll stop filming. Of course, I can always uh, edit it out now. Anyways, God bless.